Want to hear a funny story? Yeah. Always. Okay, so my dog has now decided that she is going to hide things in the yard. I was uh, cleaning out my niece's backyard yesterday, and she goes in and finds Milo rawhide bone. I walk out, and next thing I know, she's got she's got a little hole dug, and she's got it in the hole, and she's covering it, <laughs> so no one can find out. So she has now learned how to hide things. To get the yeah. perfect con. <laughs> so she's digging a hole in my backyard right now. Is that what you're saying? Hide no, them. no. She she's trying to dig a hole in your dog's face right now. She's, she's, no, that's fine with me. She's trying to bury blue. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, welcome, Mike. Thanks. Thanks. We we snagged you up. me. We snagged you. Double feature. Yeah, we snagged you up because you are doing the video for Sunday. Yeah. The, Scale the story. one to ten, maybe a two. <laughs> well, this is one up from last because you the video was a one. The video was a one that you wanted. How much you wanted to I do? I just it. want you to know I had to ask a scaling question yesterday, and I tried not to giggle while doing it. Someone in RGC did. Yeah, well, all, all three exactly like you said they yep. would do from last <laughs> week, and I go one to ten would be so much better. <laughs> You could have asked it that way. I mean, you don't have to ask it the exact the way it's written in the notes. I wasn't the one asking the question. (laughs) Nick, you do not have to ask. But it was really good because Brady, who did the video the very first week, he last night's going, you know, I'm understanding forgiveness better. Nice. He goes that. It's he goes. I was always forgiving because of me, and he goes now I understand that my forgiveness is what Christ has done and it goes outward from me. And, and he goes, so, so wh- what is the difference of this transactional piece of this then? Mm-hmm. What if somebody doesn't repent and I offer them forgiveness? And, and I said, I think, I said, I think you're making a difference between the understanding of forgiveness versus reconciliation. Mm-hmm. I said, cause reconciliation does have someone else coming back to you. And, and there is this, understanding of the sin, the brokenness of the relationship. And I said, so reconciliation is a little transactional in the sense of someone recognizing where they are so you can work together to a resolution from that. And I said, but forgiveness is not. And he's like, yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really hoping at the very last week we can put him on again and say, so now it's different. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. He's asking a lot of good questions. We had someone in our notes night last night and they were talking about forgiveness and yeah, I, I just forgive it. So I ignore them when I'm done. And I'm like, well, that's not forgiveness. You know, that's, that's holding, holding a grudge. It's, it's not truly working into, well, it's just the best for both of us. And I said, but is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, and, and it was like real forgiveness and love will actually move us to the place where we want the best for that other person. And so we will have the conversation. It doesn't mean we have to have it right then when we're really angry, but it moves to a place where we want to have the conversation, where we want to bring about reconciliation, if at all possible. It doesn't mean it's possible, but as far as it's upon us, you're letting the burden of the anger and the hurt go so you can have a real conversation. God has done this for me. Therefore, I don't have to carry this. And that in turn leads me to be able to live differently. I'm in a situation like this right now. I got, uh, no, seriously, I got a, uh, it has to be probably a solid two pages, if not more, text B rating 
and it's done to, you know, help me, of course. Um, but I mean, it goes from I'm married to a racist to um, something about the dog, of course, again, to I'm a terrible uncle because I've abandoned them to I mean, it just goes on and on. And it's it's stuff I've dealt with before. Mm-hmm. It's stuff I've spoken truth back into. And it's stuff that I I mean, I was angry the night I got it. And now I'm just I, I'm indifferent. There's boundaries of you're not welcome in my house when because this just doesn't stop it's been two solid years my heart is like i'm just done that's where i I sit right now and it's like you know i know i need to respond i don't know we need to respond in some way and i just do you though isn't there a place of being done we have to repent towards god to receive the grace of forgiveness and the grace of his goodness and generosity and i just think there's times that Relationships are toxic and poisonous. Mm-hmm. And if they don't recognize that, you got to have boundaries that, um, that, that do protect mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. harm. From You don't continue to touch the stove because you forgive the stove for burning you the first time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is and, and this is, I think, what churches have done with their understanding of forgiveness is they have said... You forgive, you have to let them back into your life, you have to, everything's back to what it was, and that's that's not forgiveness. That's a non-biblical view of it. And when people, I think, are toxic, there there comes a place where you have to keep the cancer away from your family, and where you're not protecting your family. Hmm. You're actually sinning against your family by letting that happen, and maybe even sinning against this other person by allowing them to continue this Enabling toxic tirade. Yeah. I think that the church does that because the church sees forgiveness as a transactional. Mm. If I don't, God won't. And so we teach each other, we better forgive lest God doesn't forgive you. Mm-hmm. I, I know that that's not true. For me, it's more, God doesn't give up on me. And so therefore, not that I think anything I text would have, in, would be heard at all. It would just be used as more fodder. I mean, there's wisdom. Time, not- time, time's on your side. I'm sorry, Michelle. Ha ha ha. Michelle gets it from all sides. <laughs> it's a chair. It's a chair. No, because he's over there. I'll stand. <laughs> I was going to say, there. I think there's wisdom in learning when and when not to engage with people like that. That will just weaponize whatever you throw at them, as well-intentioned as your words may be. Mm. But... Boundaries can co- coexist along with a heart disposition that still wants restoration for that person. And I don't know if you're there yet because it sounds like the being done is not just in the interactions and behavior. It sounds like maybe there's this emotional like I am just done with you. And that's an understandable expression of anger given what you've just experienced. But I think you can pray for God to bring a softness and compassion that doesn't necessarily mean the doors wide open as far as like behaviors and interactions. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I had a conversation with somebody uh, two weeks ago. And at the end of it, I said, when you want to have a real conversation around this, I'm willing. But until then, we don't need to discuss. Hmm. Not just this, but we don't need to have discussions because everything was just attacking. But you did communicate that. You don't just ghost. I did, yeah. I didn't ghost. I said, here's this, boom, and I left it there, and they have not reached back out since. That's a good example, though, of what it looks like trying to navigate all of this in something that's very ongoing, especially when it involves family. Yeah, it'd be easy to forgive the last time I got this text, 
It's just it's just constant. Three times. Three times. Talmud, three times. I know. Gosh. <laughs> we should go back to those days. <laughs> In our notes night last night, someone, I think it was Ashley, Ashley says, is there somebody as we walk this entire series that comes to mind every time we talk about forgiveness? That's a good question. Right? Because she goes, I got someone. Nick, last week, he won't tell us who it is, but someone showed up to his front door and he's all, that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, Marianne and I I were talking about it. I was just dropping off a thank you basket. (laughs) (laughs) Marianne and I were talking about this too, that I just don't typically hold... But I thought it was a really good question. Who, who comes to your mind, you know, when you think about stuff like this? I wonder how many people, it's their spouse that comes to mind, like they just hold a grudge against their spouse for something. Probably a lot. One of the reasons I was really hoping that you would be here on this podcast is you mentioned last week that there is something in the podcast that m- maybe we misstated or maybe it was said how we meant to say it but it was a misunderstanding either on our part theologically or maybe in how it was said and I think it's very valid because if you heard it other people could hear it last week Michelle you were talking about the emergency call you'd received on Monday after a long day blah 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 and wanted to chill yeah and uh, so your heart was not in line with which you felt was appropriate response to somebody in need. Well, real fast, let's listen to that clip from last week. But anyway, it's just that kind of thing. It's like you're you're met with a choice, right? And with every decision, you get the option to follow your heart or really challenge that with what scripture calls us to. And sometimes you don't necessarily want to do that thing, but it's an act of surrendering what it is that you want to do. And I think the same applies to forgiveness. Is there something wrong with overriding your heart when it doesn't want to do the right thing? Because, no, because that's exactly what I did. Isn't one of the ways that our lives and hearts move towards our hearts being in it is kind of molding our hearts in new ways? Yeah. And I don't necessarily feel bad. I'm just I'm being honest about it. Mm. Okay. You know, it caused me to question just not intellectual theology, but applied theology. You know, what do we, we say we believe these things, but what do we really think works? And then you said something about, well, don't you think that if you force yourself to make the right choices, it will eventually bend your heart in the right direction? And I'm thinking, well, my new heart doesn't need that. My old heart's dead and doesn't need, and it's not transformable. So I I just, it makes me wonder where we apply, how we apply theology how would you have responded to that then? Okay. I think we have new heart, but I think we need to lean into them. Uh, we have a war that's going on with this body of flesh, but I don't know that I can redeem the old heart. And that's what it sounded like Aaron was saying, that if you just force yourself to do the right thing, eventually your heart will bend towards what is good. I remember years ago when I didn't get up in the morning and read my Bible and pray and walk these things. And there was a place where I forced myself into the habit because it was important because I wanted to spend time with God every day and my day always got away from me. And so I just said, you know what, this needs to be a habit, but that, but doing that was a response to my love for God. Mm -hmm. And so I made a decision to put everything else as secondary to that thing in my mornings. That decision to do that comes first because I loved him. And I think that as we understand his love and we love him more and more, we do begin to change. Agreed. Yeah. I think as we love, because we love him, we 
respond lovingly. And in that, behavior gets changed because I'm around him. I think the surrender looks like being quick to confess my heart, repent of that. And in that, I find surrender. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't just say, well, I surrender <laughs> and feel like I've surrendered. That sounds a lot like a marriage conversation, right? I surrender. Yeah. You don't. You don't. You're just, you're yeah. just reloading the ammo while you're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I hear is, or heard is that if I just got through this, it's going to change me. And well, I think you hit the nail on the head that it is a war. Right. There, oh, absolutely. The, the, there is a war that, that we are in, and many times that war is a battle against our own flesh. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the battle is not, you know, I'm going to change myself. The battle is Christ has done this, and so I'm going to deny myself these things. Does that even make any sense now? It, it does, and I think, man, we're getting like Into the very weeds. theoretical here. But in the weeds. The, you, none of that behavior is independent of the spirit's work in you too, right? right? It's like sometimes we act like we can make these choices independent of that. And really that sanctification is still happening through that process. And so I think maybe that's how I, I understood what you The reason I say no, and the reason I want to change is that the spirit is convicting me. And so I want to say no to these things. It's not in my flesh. I would never say no to these particular things, but because the spirit is leading and guiding, that's why I say no. That's, yes. that's, and that's, and that's, that's what I mean. You know, sometimes the, the spirit is the one who says, Michelle, I love you, but get off your butt and, <laughs> and go down there and meet with that person that really needs you. Right. Sometimes the spirit's leading is kicking and screaming, right? <laughs> but, but sometimes it's we rebuff and we don't really what, what I'm saying is, is it is the spirit who leads us to deny ourselves in these ways, which ends up actually growing us. But it all starts with the spirit bringing that conviction. I mean, we really didn't talk about God's fury. <laughs> Furry. I hijacked it with my uh, crazy family. It's a relatable example. Well, you know what? I mean, we, we could take what we have here and use that. And then next week, when we talk about justice and love, we can talk about this there. Okay. Because the two things go hand in hand with each other. And I, I spend like probably the first third of the message recapping love and fury before we move into justice and love. Okay. Here's another thing. You can put this on the end of this whole podcast, by the way. Nick goes, he goes, I thought you did a really good job not cutting Michelle off, Michelle off last week. And I said, oh, that's the beauty of editing. <laughs> <laughs>